Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jabbar, and welcome back to another episode of SaaS District by Horizon Capital, where we partner with B2B SaaS companies and help them scale with both capital and our growth marketing playbook. This episode is also sponsored by our partners at Build, a startup development studio that helps early stage startups build and launch scalable revenue generating software businesses. Product development is often a challenge for non-technical founders who don't have a tech person internally. That's where Build comes in. They help founders build and launch their MVPs, test the market, and find product market fit. For 15K and roughly a month's work, Build will get your validated product up and out. We've all been burnt by the companies that promised us for years, but Build is focused on finding product market fit and will do that by keeping you away from the feature creep and escalating costs that do most initial products. They keep costs low with the block structure, but more importantly, they have already built great products on scope and on time for founders. Companies they've worked with have generated hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue, gotten into Y Combinator, or raised money at eight-figure valuations. If you have an idea and want to see it come to life as a product, head over to build.com. That's B-Y-L-D-D.com today. In today's episode, we'll be talking about understanding hybrid remote work and building trust in a virtual office. Today, we have our guest, Rajiv Ayengar, joining us. Rajiv is the co-founder and CEO of Tandem, a desktop app for distributed teams that simulates a virtual office. Um, it, they allow you users to use, see who's around, what they're working on, talk, and which more importantly, collaborate in one click. Rajiv studied bioengineering at Princeton, and then uh, from there worked at both Fairchild and Yahoo. Um, he's also a rock climbing, classical piano player, and probably an expert on blind wine tasting. Interesting. So welcome, Rajiv. Super excited to have you on the SaaS District show today. Yeah, great great to be here. Uh, <laughs> a lot of those other side pursuits have kind of faded as I've uh, started the company, but that's, uh, that's cool to be reminded of. Sure. Pri- priorities change, right? Now it's all about the money, all about the business. Yeah, I mean, that takes over. That's, that's cool. I mean, you got to put that passion somewhere where you, where you love it, right? So... Cool. I mean, uh, I love your product. I mean, this is an interesting topic. A lot of people are interested, you know, kind of trying to navigate through this virtual hybrid workforce. Um, you know, teams kind of distributed all over and how to maximize that and keep the productivity and the fun of it. So since, you know, COVID, uh, you know, triggered a massive migration away from traditional workplaces, and it seems like it's not kind of going back into full rebound to offices. Um, how, did, how did that affect kind of the, the, the tandems team? I mean, tell me more, how did you guys navigate the remote hybrid work effect of that? Yeah, it's been um, it's been a huge acceleration of the future. You know, that's that's kind of what we've seen from our perspective. So, a little bit of backstory: we started out building Tandem in early 2019, before the pandemic. We were working on a cryptocurrency project, and we're we're all good friends from Yahoo. And um, you know, my other co-founders had kids around the same time and started working from home. So we, trans- we felt that transition from working in person every single day, really thinking together to all of a sudden working from home. We're trying different tools, but nothing's really working. We, we, don't, we don't feel like we're in the same room. So we started building Tandem. The, the, the thing that we saw then was we felt like hybrid work was the future. Like there were some initial teams using Tandem at like Autodesk and Spotify. And these were not remote companies, but at a certain scale, you got people traveling, you got distributed offices, companies start to be hybrid. And what we did not expect was that every company would go remote. (laughs) uh, And kind of that hybrid transition would again apply to every company 
just a couple of years later. Mm. Um, so that's been very interesting to watch. And you know, we've has caused us to move very quickly to build the team, build the product, and execute. Um, I, I think you know we had a little bit of a head start on the pandemic, but not nearly enough <laughs> yeah. to build out the kind of product that we want. And and so it's taken it's taken uh, building the team to really accelerate us to the point where we're we actually deliver on that virtual connection. Yeah, so it seems like I mean you're uh, you've kind of navigated and kind of been riding the wave, right? I mean, it seems like when you guys started, oh, yeah. it just happened to be kind of. Did you have? Did you kind of have some kind of trends before that, or something you were kind of looking at and and, and kind of noticing, or was it just kind of like, hey, this is what we want to build for us, our team, the people we work with, and and it just happened to be that there's a few companies that were also interested at the time, and obviously timing with the pandemic just kind of pu- added fuel to the fire at that point, right? There was a secular trend, a macro trend. And then there was a very personal problem. The very personal problem was the inspiration and the thing that gave us, I think, the the inspiration to break down that problem into why aren't we talking presence? Like what's missing from presence? What's missing in terms of friction? Like what are some mechanics that could be that could unlock this? But the macro trend we saw seemed almost like like physics, which is that because of the the, the you know high cost of living in a certain area and the desire for flexibility more and more people and more and more companies were going remote, even without Mm. the pandemic. Mm. And when you're remote, people don't talk as much. When you don't talk as much, you don't build trust anywhere near the same speed. Uh, It's like um, trust builds half as fast when you're on video, a third as fast when you're on voice, and you never get to the same level when you're just chatting. There's there's some really interesting research on this, right? And... In an organization, trust is speed, right? Psychological safety is velocity. And also mm-hmm. when you don't understand your coworkers, it's just, it's just terrible, right? Because we spend eight hours a day working. If we don't know the people we're working with, that's just a very, very different world, right? So we saw this gap kind of emerging, but we thought it would unfold over the next five to 10 years, not the next two years. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously without that level of trust that, you know, it, it kind of... Uh, inhibits kind of the level of connection of how deep you can work. And, you know, that kind of fuels kind of the, the quality of your work, I think, sometimes. Um, so you, you mentioned some interesting stats, you know, about, about you know, uh, 50%, 30%, and then almost none with the different kind of tools of how we communicate. Is there any other, some, you know, metrics or data that you can uh, talk about of how using Tandem's app maybe changed before or after the pandemic or any stats you can share? Yeah, the, the, um, the product has changed so much and improved so much that like mm-hmm. I, I uh, a lot of the changes have been due. It's difficult to, from the data to separate out like the changes due to the pandemic and the changes due to um, the product itself. But right. we kind of know from talking to users, the, I think the most interesting thing is that over half of the conversations, the calls on Tandem are under 15 minutes. Mm. So it really unlocks those hallway conversations, the taps right. on the shoulder, the meeting before the meeting where you say, hey, are you leading? Am I leading? Debrief after the meeting where you go like, that was insane. Or like, oh, that was awesome. You know, these, these little moments that, hey, how are you doing in the morning? Uh, or pulling in a third person, a fourth person, a fifth person, listening into a meeting that, that you didn't realize was happening. You know, all of these interactions start to become very, very possible and very, very common because they're easy. Uh, in tandem, so that's that's been a really interesting thing to see emerge. Okay, um, let's go. Let's go deeper into the product itself. I mean, 
so like we said, you know, working remotely versus the human factor. You're in person, you know, you see feeling the energy, seeing their faces, the expressions, spending time together and, and you know, the, um, you know, the, just building rapport and, and, you know, chatting and having the time, quality time, I guess, together versus, okay, like this is the reality of what it is. We don't have that as much. Um, but now we have technology to maybe help as much as we can. So, you know, technologies and services like Tandem, how are they helping, you know, build that trust, I guess, what you talk about in the workplace environment for a team? What are you guys doing to help uh, build that? Two things. There's building presence, giving you a sense of what's happening with your team. And then there's reducing the friction to talk. So, but very simply, on the presence side, you can see who's around. You get mm. a sense of which of your teammates is online, who's in a meeting versus not in a meeting, who's on Do Not Disturb, who's uh, working in which app. We, we have integrations with hundreds of collaborative apps. So, uh, work-related apps. So, for example, you can see when a developer is in VS Code. You can see when somebody's in Figma designing. And that gives you an intuitive sense of who's in deep focus and who can I maybe interrupt or tap in the sh- on the shoulder. And then the last thing is removing the friction to talk. And there is talking in one click. That was kind of the core initial feature. But we've also added a lot of different ways to sort of tap somebody on the shoulder. You can you can you can send them a little DM. You can wave at them. That's one of our most popular features. Uh, we mm. just see if they're free, and it lets you do these little handshakes that you would mm. kind of do in real life, right? Like in real life, I'd wave at you, or even just eye contact is a handshake because I look at you. We make eye contact, and you can go like, I mean, like two minutes. You know, or mm-hmm. hey, can we talk later? Uh, or I can send you a message. Um, I can swing by your desk with two other people. All of these things we do in real life, and we're very used to. Yeah. And what we on the Tandem team have been doing is translating and adapting these to build a language of social interaction at the mm-hmm. team level, at the company level, online. Yeah, I love that. So you're basically, yeah, I love how you described that. So building a new language of how to communicate. Um, through technology. I mean, that's essentially what it is, right? Is what you're saying. <laughs> that's a yeah. interesting yeah. language new, to learn. New manners. Yeah. Yeah. New customs. Yeah. New, yeah. New working cultures. Okay. And, you know, I guess you, you, maybe you probably see the differences, right? You work with, you know, quite a few companies around the world. Um, the differences between, you know, successful teams who are able to implement, you know, the hybrid system and the ones who would say are maybe less successful. And what, what are the differences? Like, what do you see that why one, one are doing, you know, well and the others aren't? So the this goes beyond absolutely beyond tandem because we're just one part of the stack. Sure. The most successful companies think about the remote employees first. They think about how to create connection, how to be in, inclusive of remote employees both in the meeting setting, outside the meetings, in major decisions, in onboarding, uh, in uh, team activities and team bonding and culture building. And you, you really think about the remote employees first. And that from that starting point, you can kind of unfold all the things that the most successful companies do. Um, you know, everything from how do you arrange the office and set culture in the office to what technology do you adopt and how do you adopt it to what are the people processes around your employees that, that, that matter. Uh, the manager relationship, like the employee life cycle, hiring, onboarding, the the manager relationship, 
um, performance, you know, all of these things. If you think about the remote person first, that that is the big unlock. And mm-hmm. it's very difficult if you're in the office to have empathy for the remote experience. Mm. Um, but yeah. And then at a meta level, I think because every company culture is a bit different, the the degree of internal versus external versus like cross-team collaboration is different. You need to experiment more than we have ever done in, in the past because this is dynamic, right? So companies that are willing to experiment, get feedback from the teams on a very fast cadence and change their culture practices tools mm. and try new cultures, practices, tools and companies that prioritize the remote experience. Those would be kind of my two observations. Um, have you have you seen? So I mean, a couple of things have happened. I guess have transpired in the last couple of months. Even you know, companies like I guess think like PwC. You know, Facebook have said, okay, you know, we're moving kind of permanently remotely. And then you have guys like you know, you know, Elon Musk, for example, is like you know, everybody back to the office and Tesla, no more remote work, or you're you're fired. Uh, and then you have, uh, I think, the UK where they just announced like you know a huge announcement of like you know all these companies, thousands of people are moving towards four day work week. Um, uh, in terms of like you know overall productivity, do you guys? I, I mean, this, I know there's a lot of a lot of macro level you know questions, but from your data and just kind of your insights, um, what what have you seen as kind of an optimum or optimal uh, way of working and performing in, in terms of you know whether it's back to the office and with that rebound effect, the hybrid work, you know, for yeah. uh, anything you can share. So it's changing weekly. You know, you you kind of need popcorn to hear the the swings of different companies. Like the Apple saga continues, and then we've got yeah. Tesla starting its own saga. Uh, and uh, by the way, the the way I stay on top of this is our own newsletter this week in hybrid. Uh, okay. I got a, I mean, it's free, and uh, you know, our uh, Rim spends a ton of time just staying, keeping on the pulse of hybrid mm. work, and it really is changing weekly. Every week, uh, she tells me like, I think I'm going to run out of things to write, and there's a ton of stuff happening. Okay, I think ultimately everybody needs to, you know, flexibility will win. Mm. Uh, both in terms of kind of the company economics of being able to hire from anywhere, get the best people from anywhere, and in terms of what people want as employees, which is flexibility. Mm. Um, people want to be in the office some of the time. Some people want to be in the office some of the time, right? And getting from where we are now, like I also I very much understand. The, the company pressures because being in person does build trust much more than anything else. Sure. And while there's a lot of interesting technology that, uh, you know, bridges the gap, like we've done with hybrid spaces, lets you teleport around the office if you're remote, what companies like Tenari are doing where you bridge two offices with a virtual wall and like in the meeting rooms themselves, there's a lot of innovation happening. The technology and adoption are not there yet. It's still very different to work remotely right. than work in person. And so... Companies are have this tension right now, and they're trying to navigate it. I think ultimately will shake out to completely flexible, and in terms of what people tend to do, you know, maybe some segment of the population will go into the office two to four days a week or two to three days a week, somewhere in there. But getting from where we are now to there is going to be a lot of swings in company mm. policy and and kind of as we figure out that that balance for every every company. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to believe that you know there's virtually no drop in productivity um, going co- completely remotely. I mean, I, I know for myself, like we've been remote at Horizon Capital, 
know, even before the pandemic, since, you know, we launched you know, over two and a half years ago. And, you know, I've been working in this kind of world for the last five years. So it's been kind of normal for me. But I know when we're together and we have those get-togethers and working in person for, you know, sprints or weeks, um, the things move way faster. I mean, you, you can... And I think once you're at that point where you're just kind of in execution mode and you're like, okay, well, everybody knows what they're doing and it's kind of a rinse and repeat, maybe it's kind of easier. It's like, okay, we're remote. It's like, we don't need to really see each other. We're just doing things and we're just keeping on top of, you know, updates. But I think if you're in a, you know, more uh, managerial or, or creation phase, I think being in person, I mean, my, my opinion, uh, yeah. I think it's more crucial in person. I mean, yeah. I, that's another dimension of flexibility. So I think flexibility is, you know, the ability to kind of shift where you're working at mm. the team level and org level and personal level. And, you know, you could think about certain teams benefit a lot more from being in person and, and, and that collaboration and, mm. and creativity that comes from being in person. Certain phases of product development, for as just one small example, really benefit from being in person. Then, as, as you said, when you get into an executional phase, it might actually be a, an advantage to be more remote. Certain demographics of people, like especially people earlier in their careers, younger, if you don't have kids, it can be well worth the kind of additional sort of tacit knowledge absorption that you mm. get from being in the office. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and so there are a lot of different dimensions there. Mm-hmm. And where do you kind of see the, I know this is kind of a, you know, crystal ball question, but, you know, for the next, let's call it two, three, five years, because things changing every week, like you said, what are your, I mean, you guys have to build a product. You guys have some product roadmap. What, do you, what is your team thinking about planning? And how do you guys uh, plan to continue to support the remote hybrid work? And what are the changes you're, you're thinking about? So it, we have the virtual office and then we have an extension to it, hybrid spaces that has, takes monitors in the physical office and turns them into like always on windows. And so what we see is that the virtual office and physical office are going to become intimately aware of each other and intertwined. Your remote teammates will show up in the physical office. And when you're in the physical office, you can see the virtual office, right? From, from your laptop, from surfaces in the, in, the, uh, in the office. And the ultimate thing that needs to happen, you know, we, we mentioned this gap between remote and in-person and the kind of the messy middle we're in with the swings of company policy. The, 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 end, the only end, end state is we have to close the gap between remote and in-person. So when right. you look back on the last week of work, when you look back on when you think about your team and whether you were in the office or not, it shouldn't matter. You don't even remember who's remote and who's in person. Uh, but there's a lot of pieces that need to be built to get there, and it's it's not all like real time communication and the feeling of like presence. Some of it is like very crucial things like capacity planning, uh, you know, health health checks, being able to safely come to the office understand where you can sit, what's, what's the space there. You know, the, the, these things are, are being built by you know, companies mm-hmm. like you know, Envoy, WorkSphere, and Eden, but they need, to be, they need to be developed further and become normal. Mm-hmm. And what about the, uh, the kind of trend on the VR space and jumping that? Do, do, you, do you feel like that's a, a part of it that's going to be implemented or do you feel it's just a phase? I think it's... Interesting, but a little on the horizon. I think for mm-hmm. collaboration and communication, what needs to happen first is people need to do the majority of their work in VR. Mm-hmm. And I think that's not going to happen for a while. Um, I think the same principles, like the there's a user interface and then there's kind of a concept of the virtual office. And I think the virtual office is 
uh, as a as a place where you see, you know, see your teammates' presence, are connected to them, and and work and collaborate in real time. That's here now. You know, we're not the only ones. There there there's several others in this in this category, uh, really moving virtual work into the future. Um, but I think you know, phones, laptops, these are the surfaces where a ton of innovation is going to happen over the next couple of years. Mm. Um, and then a lot of that innovation on how we connect the habits, the, the, the information, information you show, the UX, will translate very, very well to, to VR. Mm. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I'm excited to see what happens there. Um, la- last question, Rajiv, before we move into kind of the personal rapid-fire questions, which is more kind of, uh, you know, based on your expertise in the field, if I'm a SaaS founder... Let's say I'm you know, maybe maybe I'm just starting you know from today. Now I'm starting to build up my team, and I'm I'm looking to make a decision here: uh, build in person or build you know remotely and and expand. What are some maybe top tips I need to think about or, or you know considerations before making that that decision and, and moving forward? I think a big part of the decision is personal. What kind of culture do you want to build? Uh, and I think, you know, it, 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 as, as much as there's technology that bridges the gap, I think one of the things that's very valuable in the early days, for example, pre-product market fit is to have people in person. It's hard to change directions in a team when you're remote. Mm. And in the early days, a lot of it is changing directions, whether it's small pivots or large pivots. Right. Um, the thing you have to weigh against that is cost, flexibility, who you can recruit. The availability um, of talent, you mean, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I always that. prefer in person. We, yeah. We've had kind of small offices since the beginning. And I think that surprises a lot of people. But a lot of why we've built Tandem and why we've been able to reach such interesting heights of connection and collaboration is that we're a remote team that never wanted to be remote. Our bar for collaboration and thinking together and feeling connected has always been in person. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, that's kind of a unique thing, but maybe a surprising thing about us. <laughs> kind of a, yeah. Ironic, right? About the tandem chats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Uh, I, I'm with you. I agree. I mean, if I was to do things again, I mean, if I can get the same level of talent and flexibility Locally, I would I would definitely do that, but unfortunately, it's not. Yeah, it's hard. I, I can't. I, I wasn't able to figure it out. So, <laughs> um, cool. Uh, I guess moving towards the rapid fire questions, Rajiv, uh, if you can share just in terms of re- relatability for people to understand where you guys are at for other SaaS founder, um, where are you guys in terms of size today, and have you guys raised any any capital or completely bootstrapped? Yeah, we're we're a pretty small team, but we've re- we've raised uh, our, you know our last round is about seven and a half million from Andreessen. Oh, cool! All right, is there a Series A? Uh, we call that a large seed, but yeah, it's a very large, large seed. seed. Yeah, you're in the Bay Area, right? I'm assuming so. Yes. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Now, yeah, cool. Um, what's I know we talked about this at the beginning. You're kind of very focused on your startup, but yeah, what's one activity and so you enjoy outside of work? That gets you into flow state today. Rock climbing. Rock climbing. Yeah, I okay. think when it's going well, it's like freedom from gravity. Gravity wow. turns off. Wow. Outdoors or indoors? Both. Both. Love it. Yeah, that's that's a great that's that's a great activity. Um, what's what's one piece of advice you wish you had known 
And if you can go back, you, you tell your 25-year-old self. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I think um, prioritize, prioritize people who you're working with. Um, if you don't which have a I choice. which I think I did, but I think it would have been a confirmation that even if things, you know, uh, don't don't work out in the short term, you're going to learn a ton from mm. the people you work with. Even if the role's not exactly right or the company isn't doesn't have the trajectory you'd hoped for, I joined a lot of startups, you know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but the people are, you know, really push you to to learn and grow. Um, mm. And what what if you don't have that that kind of flexibility and choice, right? You're in a and we kind of have that that nice flexibility. We get to choose who we hire and who we want to work with. But if you're in a role and it's like uh, you're kind of stuck with people, what, what do you what do you say to them? Or if you were stuck in that position, right? I would try to find a way to maybe do side projects with the people that I find really inspiring, mm. uh, or see if you can switch switch companies to a place that that does have people that are going to push you. Um, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or within the company, see if you can work on projects with people who push you. Uh, you can at at large companies. It is often possible to do some cross-functional pro- projects. Like I did some cross-functional data projects. I think I have like two patents on human-computer interaction from just collaboration with one of the research groups there. Uh, it's you can. Large companies are amazing for for learning and building building your network, figuring out who you like working with. Mm. Um, yeah, makes sense. Um, well, what are some of the biggest challenges you're currently facing in order to continue to grow uh, Tandem today? Meaning, uh, what's, what's keeping you up at night these days? Uh, the market changing very quickly in terms <laughs> of what it looks like to come back to the office. What's the, the shape there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, the building, building technology, right? Like mm-hmm. building... Um, scaling our audio video calls, keeping them the most reliable calls for your team. Uh, and I think on the product side, one thing that we uh, struggled with and have gotten a lot better at is initial adoption. So once you, your team, it used to be very, very difficult to try tandem with your team. And now their browser calls, like you can just use a link for your next meeting. And everybody can have that experience, and so that's that's been a game changer for us. But also, you know, a lot of work to make that experience seamless and easy. Mm. It's pretty smooth out right now. Are you still kind of uh, <laughs> riding the wave? It's really it's pretty smooth. Yeah, it's pretty smooth. Nice. Yeah, the, the experience is pretty smooth. Nice. Um, who or what are some of the best uh, three resources? Let's say this can be books, can be people, um, which you talk about, be mentors, people you follow in the space who you'd say have been the most instrumental to your success over these last few years? Hmm. There are a few kind of personal friends that I've gotten a lot of very critical advice from at critical stages of the company, Um, but they're not available for general consumption. (laughs) I think in terms of the the public resource that's been the most valuable, Y Combinator has amassed a library, a pretty organized library of just excellent patterns and frameworks for thinking about all phases of early, early stage startup. And generally, I've found it by far the best resource for like, what does it look like to start a company and how to think about it? 
Mm. Okay, so Y Combinator, their kind of library. Um, and you also mentioned your one of your newsletters. Can you? What was the name of that? Just so we can include yes, that. Yes, this week in hybrid for this staying week. on the pulse of like company policy, how it changes week by week at the largest and some of the most innovative companies out there. Uh, this week in hybrid, and you can find it on our website. Okay. Um, I think it's tandem.chat slash hybrid. Okay, awesome. We'll add that to to the show notes as well. People could check it out. Um, last question, Rajiv. What does success mean to you today? Whether that's you know personal, you know your startup, financially, life. Uh, no, there's no right answer. I think that's that's a difficult one to answer. I mean, aside from the usual answers, I think I think constant learning, constant growth. Mm-hmm. I want to look back in a year and look at my personal notes. I take a lot of personal notes and think that my view of the world was crude and undetailed and impoverished. And that makes me feel awesome. Okay. So that feeling of growth, yeah, it seems like, you know, the right people around you pushing you to grow. Uh, yeah, it seems like that's your theme. I love it. <laughs> cool. Um, Rajiv, this has, been, this has been interesting. I love this, this podcast. I think lots of in- interesting insights for people to learn from. If people, any founders, marketers, anybody in the SaaS space uh, wants to connect with you, learn more about you and, and uh, Tandem, where's the best place to get in touch? Uh, you can just email me, Rajiv at Tandem.chat or I'm also on Twitter. I don't post very often, but Rajiv Iyengar on Twitter. Okay, awesome. All right, thank you so much. I appreciate you jumping on Rajiv's on the SaaS district show today. It was, uh, it was great. Thanks so much, Akhil. Pleasure. All right, cheers. Thank you all for watching this episode and joining SaaS District today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell for future episodes where we interview top leaders in the SaaS industry. If you're a SaaS company looking to grow and unlock the true value of your business, get in touch with us at Horizon Capital and myself or one of our consultants will provide a free assessment to help you get there and hit your goals. If you have any feedback or suggestions for this podcast, please comment down below and help us improve our content for you all. Thanks again and see you on the next one.